Just a quick reminder before we get into today's show, you can call or text us at 570-POD-WAD-1. That's 570-763-9231 with your ideas for icebreakers, topics, or just general feedback. We'll probably use it in the show, and you'll save us some creative energy, which we greatly appreciate. Find out everything about the show at yallheard.me. Now, on to the episode. Y'all Heard? Hey, everybody. This is Y'all Heard. A podcast in which... You didn't say anything. Well, yeah, but we can handle. Okay. I didn't say anything. What is it called? Phoned it in? You phoned it in when I said (laughs) A podcast where me, Marissa Phillips, I'm not related to the next person. And me, Pete Phillips, I'm not related to the previous person. (laughs) Get together once a week and uh, compare notes on things that we've learned throughout the week. Uh, And we really just do it to uh, make ourselves smarter and feel smarter. We also uh, share it with you because, you know, if you weren't here, dummy, then... uh, (laughs) Yeah. We wouldn't look so smart. You're not a dummy. This is our best delivery yet. In other words, we tell you things you didn't know you needed to know. One of the things you don't need to know is that we haven't recorded a podcast in a couple of weeks. And so we, geez, we just missed one recording and we come back like rusty as hell. <laughs> yeah. Was it only one? I don't know. Yeah. It's a blur. Um, my solo episode will have come right before this. And I hope that you are satisfied with it, Marissa. Okay. It's coming out this Friday, right? Yes, yes. Okay, cool. Um... Icebreaker. Do you have any fun stories of an event that happened to you this week? Only good things, Marissa. Only good things. You can say no. (laughs) This isn't fun, but it was like... Had such a reaction from me. Though it kind of spoils... It spoils the trailer of the last episode of Riverdale. So if you watch Riverdale and can't handle knowing something that has nothing to do with, like, somebody dying. just has to do with, like, somebody joining a club. Uh, But if not, stop listening for, like, two minutes. So one of the characters, I, like, had an idea. Like, let me make a costume with her as one of the gang members. Like, I wanted to make a costume as her having joined Jughead's gang. And so I made, I spent all this time making this jacket so she'd be a member of the gang. I got a fake tattoo. I got all this stuff so I can, like, go to a Comic-Con being, like, Cheryl Blossom as a Southside Serpent, which isn't a thing. And so it would be, like, my own take on it. Yeah. Today I, by mistake, spoiled the trailer of the last episode where you see Cheryl becoming the Southside Serpent. And I don't mean I'm so excited because, ooh, I told the future – I was so angry because her outfit is not what I envisioned it. Not as cool so as yours. So <laughs> now if I were to wear what I just made, it would look like I just was too lazy to make the real costume. It wouldn't look like, oh, she envisioned it differently. It would be like, oh, she doesn't want to go out and buy what Cheryl's actually wearing. So I was on the train, and I, like, audibly gasped and lost my <laughs> shit. And then for some reason I thought I dreamt it. And then I realized I didn't dream it. And I'm like, that wasn't that crazy for you to think you dreamt it so that's the most exciting thing in my life that cheryl blossom gave us out that serpent can you do like now like betty instead maybe i guess but cheryl no i just bought the cheryl blossom wig oh and i'm I, sorry but like 
$30 on the lipstick. And basically, the concept is all right, but she's wearing a red leather jacket. I do not want to own a red leather jacket no. unless I'm going to be Michael Jackson with it. Um, yeah, like I just made a black leather jacket. I don't have all the money in the world. Also, I will never wear a red leather jacket again. So I'm just like, oh, you have to be so different. If you don't know what Riverdale is, it's probably really boring. Yeah. Just the point is, I envisioned a character. My imagination manifested as a real thing, but not like I envisioned it. And now I have to probably spend like $100. Hey, can you spray paint a jacket? That's stupid, Pete. That's stupid. Let me have it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so anyway, uh... <laughs> The only fun thing that happened to me recently this week is that I smiled at a few people and they smiled back at me and they didn't make me feel like garbage for smiling at them. That's nice. <laughs> That's good. I'm glad. Yeah, because It'll I take that really personally. <laughs> I understand. In my new job, I decided to I decided to turn over a new leaf only because now I'm doing journalism and I probably need to interview these people. So I was like, instead of looking at no one and hating them, which I always do... And I get a reputation, and then no one talks to me, and that's exactly what I hope to achieve in every job. I was like, I'll look at them, and I'll smile, and sometimes I'll say hi. And when they don't do it back, I'm like, who the F are you? Who the F do you think you are? We're all locked in this cage. Why can't you just be cordial? (laughs) So we're doing something a little different this episode, loyal listeners, um, or new time listeners, or new time, first time. New time. Hey, you. Whose ears I'm talking into. We're doing something a little different this episode. Uh, Because of time constraints, I am planning a surprise party for my mom. Don't tell her, okay? It will have happened by the time this episode comes out. And Marissa is working like like a stripper on a pole. She's like hard. No, I'd rather do that. Spinning. Not joking. (laughs) Upside down. The whole thing. My job takes up my life. I have a feeling we're going to have to do lots of un... <laughs> what? Unorthodox episodes. That's not what I meant to say. A lot of uncommon, unique... <laughs> None of that's the word that she's looking for. Well, I got to tell you, I explained to James what we were doing this episode, and he said, don't get lazy, Pete. <laughs> tell him he can work my job for me. Or well, shut up. <laughs> Even though you're the one who like, let's do this. But it was great. I'm so like, oh, I do need a... A week off, so we can work from home more. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, oh, oh, I didn't tell you what we're going to do differently. <laughs> what we're going to do is we're going to have two topics in this recording, but you're going to get only one topic this show and then the other topic next show. The problem is we're doing a mismatch episode, so it's not like we're going to have any cliffhanger at the end that leads you into yeah. the next episode. But still, you know, maybe we can come up with something, you know, that makes it a cliffhanger Anyway. And then when it's done, you tell us who wins. Oh gosh. I didn't know this was I'm a competition. No. <laughs> I'll I'm tell you kidding. I'll tell you first off, Marissa's got a much lighter subject matter. Yeah. And I don't even know how str- I do not win. I don't know how strong this is. Cuz it started with something and then it started somewhere else and then I was like, am I just recapping this article? But I was like, whatever. <laughs> if you're going to read the article, here's news for you. So, I'm going to talk about Snoopy and Peanuts. What are your thoughts on Snoopy and Peanuts? What are my thoughts? Independent of one on another. Snoopy and Peanuts. In, wait. 
What are my thoughts on Snoopy? What are my thoughts on Peanuts? Yep. I gotta, I gotta tell you, growing up, I didn't really get Snoopy all that much. Uh-huh. Because he seems like a very flat character. The guy yeah. has no conflicts. Everything works out well for him. Um, That's debatable. Okay. From what I'm about to tell you. And uh, but peanuts when you bring in the kids and and I don't think it's because they're human per se, but um, when you bring in the kids, oh yeah, I I have a lot of uh, empathy and uh, feel very closely related to Charlie Brown and his miserable ass ways. <laughs> I wanted to say I saw parallels, but I don't know if that would be offensive, but only because... You wouldn't be the first to say so, so... I don't mean that you act like Charlie Brown. I mean, like, life, life doesn't seem to be like kind to you. all over you, like Charlie Brown. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, a lot of the stuff I get is from the article, How Snoopy Killed Peanuts, from Kevin Wong. It was on a Kotaku. It's a pretty interesting read, um, if you like hearing about peanuts uh this is a lot of and this this article is linked to so many articles around the time when the peanuts movie was coming out the cg one like everyone was writing about how snoopy killed peanuts and i'm like calm down okay so i wanted to read a little bit and i don't agree with all of it but there are interesting points and at the very least you could say that peanuts progress and evolved into something much different than it started as but so was okay. That's that's my take on it. So was. <laughs> so does every comic strip. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's Kevin only Wong, so far you can go with an original idea. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Wong says in his article that as the strip progressed, Snoopy hogged up more and more of the spotlight in increasingly negative ways, and as the intelligence, oh, and the intelligence and darkness of the strip, which once made it so distinctive on the comics landscape, was replaced by more mainstream cutesy humor. Okay, so if you look back at the very first Peanuts comic strip that happened in the 50s, it actually featured two characters named Shermie and Patty and a very happy, smiley Charlie Brown just walking down the street. I don't know. I assume this one's Shermie, the boy. Shermie's like, well, here comes old Charlie Brown. And then Charlie Brown's still walking by with a smile. He's a kid, and they're still calling him old Charlie Brown. I know. That's my soul. It's like... Good old Charlie Brown. Yes, sir. Good old Charlie Brown. And then Charlie Brown walks by and Shermie just says to Patty, how I hate him. And from that, it's that. was close to what I was thinking. Like, what a piece of shit. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So basically, most people would argue that, at least at the beginning, uh, Peanuts basically is a comic strip about the cruelties and hardships of being a child. Like, children can be bullies, they're backstabbing, they can be petty. And while there's humor in the comic strip all the time, um, it can get pretty dark. Uh, Looking at a uh, mid-50s comic strip, uh, Wong points out that the, the strip started pointing out, like, an adult's despair and feeling of rejection within the children. And it also, like, poked at the American dream. Uh, in another comic strip, there's Lucy and Charlie Brown, and Lucy's like, whoever brings the most paper to the school paper sale today wins a prize. And Charlie Brown's like, well, you'll sure never win anything with just one sheet of paper, because Lucy has one sheet of paper in her hand. And then she goes, I'm not interested in winning. I'm interested only in making a token effort. If I was a child, I would be like, what does that even mean? 
And then, like, in the late 50s, there were some that were just really dark and had no happy resolution, no redemption, and no real joke. Like, there's one comic strip where Charlie Brown is just, like, saying how humiliated he is because when his football, well, when his baseball team went onto the field, the other team just started laughing and laughing and laughing, and they never stopped laughing. And they all went home. And then he just hits his head on a tree and says, rats. Yeah, that sounds that's right. The, yeah, and all right, cool. <laughs> Again, nothing is good or bad. I'm just saying, yeah, the, these were some early on. And I was thinking, like, what are you talking about? Like, the Christmas one is dark as sh- shit. But then I realized that was also early on. Or it was the Halloween one. One of them has such a weird ending where they, like, have an existential crisis. When, oh, yeah, when yeah. the whole cartoon is over, the last line is something that you're like, is that on purpose? <laughs> Charlie Brown, we've been feeling awfully guilty about not giving you a valentine this year. Here, I've erased my name from this one. I'd like you to have it. Hold on there. What do you think you're doing? Who do you think you are? Where were you yesterday when everyone else was giving out valentines? Is kindness and thoughtfulness something you can make retroactive? Don't you think he has any feelings? And now you have the nerve to come around one day later and offer him a used valentine just to ease your conscience. Well, let me tell you something. Charlie Brown doesn't need your... Don't listen to him. I'll take it. Now let's talk about Snoopy. Uh, Snoopy wasn't in the first comic strip, but he was pretty, pretty shortly after it started. Uh, Actually, just like maybe three comic strips in. Uh, But when they first introduced Snoopy, it was a pretty different dog. He didn't have any thoughts that people can read. Uh, He was drawn more simplistic, and he was just a background character. And he was basically a dog. He walked on all four legs... And he acted like a dog. Within two years, after the strip was established, uh, Schultz began to... Charles Schultz, assuming you know who Snoopy is. That's who made, Snoop, that's who made Peanuts. Uh, Schultz began to like humanize Snoopy a little bit at a time. Uh, it started by introducing thought bubbles that you can read. Think of uh, Snoopy's thoughts. And about three years later, uh, Snoopy was larger. He had more expressive features. And, like, he had, like, a huge smile, or he started making goofy faces. And by the end of the 50s, Snoopy was standing on two legs and walking upright. Um, now, going back to this article by Wong, he said that in the early days, Snoopy was a dog who resented being a dog. And he spent much of his time trying on other identities. If you watch Peanuts, you might know that Snoopy would always pretend he was the Red Baron, which was like, I don't know, some World War yeah, yeah. One or World War Two pilot. Then like Joe would, Cool? Is that yeah. Yeah. But see, that's a, that's a little bit later. But yeah, he would have all these things where he would be like humanized. He would like have visions of him being a human. Now, you say that nothing even bad happens to Snoopy. This uh, article... Well, no, this is nothing groundbreaking. Yes. But I mean, this article argues His that... His mother died in childbirth. <laughs> no, no, it's not even like that. This, this guy points out that Snoopy resented being a dog, and he would always have to come back to reality and be reminded that he is but a dog. And so failure was kind of the key to his charm. Like, he tried to be everything but a dog, but at the end of the day, he was nothing but. Can't we say the same about Charlie Brown? Well, that's the thing. They said failure was the key to Snoopy's charm, as it was with Charlie Brown, who could never kick the football, as it was to Linus who couldn't give up his security blanket, 
basically it said that failure was the charm of the entire series. Right. And when you start having a character that doesn't fail, it doesn't really fit in anymore. So, like I said, Snoopy, this article argues that Snoopy did fit in at first. But by about early 60s, Snoopy became less and less dog-like. At that point, he no longer lived inside of his doghouse. Schultz actually stopped drawing a view of the doghouse where you could see the entrance, and he started only doing like a side view. And so you would see that Snoopy always slept on top, not inside of it. And whenever you see the interior, it's like has crazy things in it that wouldn't be inside a doghouse, like a pool table or a typewriter and hockey sticks and all this stuff. Can't fit that shit in a doghouse. So it's like a magical doghouse. Yeah. Um, now, by the end of the 60s and into the 70s, Snoopy began, like, more regularly using his hands and clearly having, like, opposable thumbs or something. Preparing and, dinner for Thanksgiving? Like, well, what? Yeah. <laughs> and he spent more and more time wrapped up in human-like personas. Like you said, Joe Cool. Uh, and most of these things didn't have, like, any rich narratives. Or, like you said, like, failure or any sort of like conflict and it was just mostly like Snoopy in a bunch of different costumes Yeah. and the article points out that basically the more humanized Snoopy became the less it's like he's the only actualized character because he stops failing well yeah and, but really uh, it just sends the, the message that humans will continue to fail I guess <laughs> the more humanized Snoopy becomes the less the less of a key role humans played for uh for peanuts by the 80s uh shermie and patty who were the characters in the very first snoopy comic strip um were gone entirely maybe at best they had brief cameos and some of the characters that still remain used to have like more important story arcs like violet was this huge snob and she used to be in the strip a lot and she was kind of like pushed to the side um, and there was this character named Frida who apparently would challenge Snoopy a lot and kind of be mean to him a lot. She had she a was just gone. I don't remember who that is, but she was gone. Uh, and mostly just replaced with Snoopy being all cutesy and stuff. So that's really where I end because I didn't want to end wherever his... Like I said, I don't, I don't want to be like, yeah, I agree or yeah, I don't agree. I just kind of wanted to point out, like, I don't know if you really realize that it did kind of become happier and happier. And again, there are some Charlie Brown uh, peanut stuff that we see through the ages, so we might not even realize where it fit in the timeline. Yeah. Um, but that Peanuts movie, it was CGI. Did you see it? I don't know why, but no. I just I never got to see it. did, and I don't remember it all. And I think it still did have some of the, like, Charlie Brown despair, but there was a big chunk of Snoopy just doing nothing. It was so boring. Right, that's what I mean. So, like, he feels like such a flat character that, like, he doesn't have any problems that he has to deal with. Everybody seems to love him, and if somebody doesn't love him, they come around, you know, within a few minutes, like, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, he just seems like... And he's probably the least favorite, like, my least favorite Peanuts character. But see... Even Woodstock seems to have more going no. on for him. <laughs> no, Woodstock is the worst. Uh-oh. Woodstock is like the child you add to a sitcom. Woodstock's disgusting. <laughs> um, like, gross. I would say, though, I would argue that he is not 
the least loved. Like, I would say, like, I find oh, him annoying. Oh, no, he's very beloved, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, he is the least interesting. Um, but, like, I couldn't ha- I mean, I could have it without Snoopy, but I would miss Snoopy. I always knew Charlie Brown was dark, but, like, how dark do you want it to be? Like, yeah. some people, like I said, were saying, like, I needed it dark. It's like, no, calm down. Like, <laughs> why is it even, like, go read a novel, then. Like, yeah. Let it be whatever the dude wants it to be. We still like him anyway. Don't pretend you don't still like Snoopy, even though he's boring and one-dimensional now. I think one of the other aspects, too, is that it seems like all the other characters fail at a specific thing, Uh but Charlie Brown fails at, like, everything. Yeah. (laughs) That's kind of a bummer, too. He does. Yeah. Well, he got that girl to like him once, I think. He got girls to like him sometimes. I'd give anything in the world if that little girl with the red hair would come over and sit with me. You know why that little red-haired girl never notices me? Because I'm nothing. When she looks over, there's nothing to see. How can she see someone who's nothing? You're depressed, aren't you? Cheer up, Charlie Brown. Tomorrow's the last day of school. That's the problem. There's only this afternoon, and then tomorrow, and then I won't see her all summer. Was it the was it that movie? Maybe, maybe I did see it. There was like a dance party or something. Gee, there's like dance parties like all the time. No, but like like he's like dancing on a table, and he's like real nervous, and he's at a dance. Uh, then sprinklers go off. Dancing. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Yeah, I stop talking. With all this said, Marissa, who's your favorite Peanuts character? I guess just Charlie Brown. Ouch. Why? It's always good when you put just in front of somebody's name. I mean, no! That's not really what I thought. <laughs> just meaning it's just like the classic character. Linus is interesting at times, but then he gets on my nerves, and Lucy's too mean. And like yeah. Peppin' Patty and that Marge. Lucy, by the way, fails at compassion. But she's lost. She's a lost soul. I, the, who's who's the black kid? Wow, wow! I don't know his name either. <laughs> exactly. I see when he shows up, but he's not. He didn't show up that much. Yeah. Uh, and Pigbed's kind of cute too. But yeah, I just say Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown's really nice, and everyone needs to slow their roll. Cause that Halloween episode is so sad. Yeah. Cause see, I will tell you that I don't need it to be that sad. It's true. That's almost- if it, gets, if it gets sadder, then yeah, you're like, Charlie Brown no, needs to start cutting himself. No, a red passes my limits <laughs> when he keeps getting a rock. I got five pieces of candy. I got a chocolate bar. I got a quarter. I got a rock. Gee, I got a candy bar. Boy, I got three cookies. Hey, I got a package of gum. I got a rock. Trick or treat. I got a popcorn ball. I got a fetch ball. I got a pack of gum. I got a rock. It's like yeah. the entire town like collaborated to abuse him. Uh-huh. So that's weird, but okay. Hey, speaking of which, this isn't necessarily a plug, but HBO just ran a documentary called The Dangerous Sun. And it kind of reminds me of what you're talking about with Charlie Brown, where, like, a whole entire community mentally abuses a kid, and he just turns into the darkest human being alive. 
Is it about a community that abuses somebody? No, it's about, uh, it's about young boys who are obviously mentally unstable and the, oh, um, okay. difficulty, the difficulty people have getting help for kids who are that messed up because... Messed up maybe isn't the right way to say it, Pete. <laughs> uh, but who are that troubled because it's not really super common. And so, and also, you know, people don't like to give money to help people oh, in need. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah. So, Which, by the way, my boss made it. We need to talk about Kevin jokes the other day. It was very bizarre. <laughs> and no one knew what that was. I was like, I know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Uh, but anyway. Before we scream into the next episode. Uh, don't forget, if you have any questions, comments, feelings about Peanuts, uh, if you are a big Snoopy supporter and you would like to testify to the validity of Snoopy, feel free to call us at 570-PODWOD1, or you can tweet us at our Twitter handle, y'all heard pod, that's what, that's what it is. What else, Marissa? Y'all heard dot me, subscribe, all that kind of shit. Yeah. I think this is the most shits we've had in an episode. Good. <laughs> okay, Marissa. Ah! Ah! You stopped real quick.